but the last time we talked about Mark, we've, we've just begun it. Uh, we talked about uh, how you know, Mark's topic is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, uh, that uh, he's beginning something new that's a continuation of the story from the Old Testament. Um, uh, we talked about kind of like the, the, the starting verses. It starts with, oh, look, I'm sending my messenger, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. We talked about that. We talked about John baptizing and what that means and, and what it means when he talks about like, oh, someone else is coming and he's going to baptize you with the spirit, which is the same spirit from the beginning of Genesis who created the world, who is now creating his people anew. Uh, we talked about that last time. And now we're going to talk about the baptism of Jesus himself and uh, up to his uh, start in, and in his ministry in Galilee. Um, so I'm going to kick into that. Uh, before I do, I'm, I'm really interested because I find that um, Mark, Mark is a book that asks a big question. All right? that, that's his, his main thing. I, I don't know if you noticed, but each of the Gospels has their own slant. Okay, or their own dimension to them. Because Jesus, the, the amazingness of Jesus cannot be described by any one account, so he needed four, right? So, uh, and Mark has his own, his own take on it. Not take as in, like, oh, this is what I think happened, but he, he's got his own way of teaching it. And, and Mark, he, he asks the question. He's asking the question, like, who do you think Jesus is? All right? Who do you think Jesus is? That's, that's his main question. Uh, and you see loads of people answering that question throughout his book. And one of the things that helps us define who we think Jesus is, is understanding his core message, right? And so what I want to ask you guys is, what is Jesus' main message? What did he talk about the most, right? What did Jesus talk about the most? I like interaction, so anyone can shout it out for like two seconds. Anyone, anyone brave enough? I'm hearing lots about kingdoms, so I'm just going to agree. Okay, cool, and we're just going to get into it. <laughs> but, but, but one thing I've, I've found is uh, there, there are some people, or lots of people who, uh, who think, like, okay, main message is um, forgiveness of sins, or main message is love your neighbor, and they're all good things, but they fall under one main topic that, that, that orchestrates them. Uh, and, and without the main topic, those things fall apart. Okay, but that's what we're going to get into today. So, uh, let me start. So, in those days... Jesus came from Nazareth. So this is after John's doing his baptism thing, and he, he says, oh, someone's going to come baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized in the Jordan by John. And as soon as he came out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending to him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved son. I take great delight in you. And immediately... The spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels began to serve him. And after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee, preaching the good news of God, saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near, so repent and believe in the good news. Right. Let's break it down. So, um, so... John's baptizing, Jesus comes down, and, and what's really important here is he says, um, he came down, was baptized in the Jordan by John, and as soon as he came up out of the water, he saw, he saw the heavens being torn open. This is hidden knowledge, right? 
And what I mean by that is no one else is seeing this. Only Jesus is seeing this. And when you read some of the other Gospels, you'll realize John the Baptist is seeing the same thing. But that's it. No one else has seen this, right? No one else is seeing doves. No one else is hearing massive words here. It's just Jesus and it's just John. And in the next instance, when he's in the wilderness, no one's there. Wild animals. Okay, wild animals is when you look through the Bible, it's a depiction of just complete vacancy. There is nothing there. So, so these two things are background knowledge that Mark wants to give you so when you read the rest of the story, you understand really what's going on. Okay? But all, all the people know is Jesus has come down. This ain't the start of his ministry. He's just come down. He, he, he's in the line with everyone else. He gets baptized and he gets out. And, that's, and, he, and he walks away. That's, that's about anything as anyone knows at this point in, in history, as it were. Okay? So we're going to go with that for a second, and I'm going to get back to the, the, the behind-the-scenes information. I'm going to go straight into when he launches his ministry. Okay? So sometime after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. No one knows who he is yet, you know. And he started preaching the good news of God. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. So repent and believe the good news. There is a mirror here, in a sense. There's another verse that talks about exactly this. If you go to Isaiah 52, you have a story, or a poem, rather, of a messenger running down the mountains. Okay? Uh, in, in, in the poem, or in, in the message, it's a prophecy. Israel has failed again, and they've been shipped off to Babylon, and they're kind of sore about it. They're kind of like, ah, God's, God, God's abandoned us, God's, God's neglected us. And uh, God kind of comes in and is like, well, no, I haven't. This is all, because, this is all your fault, for one, uh, but I have intentions to save you. And, and so, and what you have is these people who are in Jerusalem, like, what just happened? Half of our, the majority of our people have been taken away. And, and there on the mountains, there's this guy running. It says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace and brings good news. So this, there's this guy running down the mountain saying, good news, good news. And what is he saying? He's proclaiming salvation and he's saying, your God reigns. So he's running down he's saying, your God, he still reigns. And then it says the watchmen like, who are on the city walls are looking out and they see it and they run down saying, he reigns, he's still here, he's coming back. And, uh, and it says, the Lord has comforted his people, he's redeemed Jerusalem, he displayed his arm, his saving arm, uh, uh, the ends of the earth will know his salvation. Okay, so, and, and it's paralleling that. So, so Jesus is replicating what this, this herald is doing. Okay, so we're going to go back into Jesus. So they're both, they're both talking about, they're both start with good news, right? So, so what I want to do quickly is I want to break down religious jargon, right? We use a lot of words, and, and we usually associate them with religion, but actually they're, they're, they're just normal, everyday words. Um, uh, so, so let's go back to this. So Jesus was preaching. That is just, if we take the, the Greek word and all of that, it's just a word for proclaiming. So he's a herald. He's heralding something. Okay? He's preaching the good news. Okay? They're both doing this. Now, good news isn't just good news. <laughs> Sounds kind of silly. Um, like, you know, when we say, oh, good news. Uh, you know, so-and-so had a baby. Yay! You know, oh, good news. Um, you know, someone's better. Woo! It's good news. You know, I had a great dinner last night. Yay! Whatever, you know. It, 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 it's not that normal. It's, it's, it's a term, it's, it's a Greek word called evangelion, and it's reserved for royals. 
okay? So it would be more good news as a new king. Good news, uh, an heir to the throne has been born. Good news, a king has had victory in battle and we're free, okay? It's reserved only for the royals. And so Jesus is walking around saying, good news, good news. And people back then, their ears are picking up and being like, oh, okay, who's, who's, in, who's in charge now? Right? Catch that? Who's in charge? We, we have uh, the, the, the word good news as well is, is the word gospel, okay? We have four of those in the Bible, okay? The good news, so you've got four good newses, which are four proclamations of a king. But you never read the gospels in the same way, right? Four proclamations of a king, okay? And, and that's, that's what the word means. It's a royal technical term. And of course, he has to put a royal message with it, and he does. The kingdom of God has arrived. Kingdom of God has arrived. It's come near. Kingdom, what does that mean? Okay? What does that word mean? That's really important. Really important. Okay? So, I've often thought kingdom just means, I guess, what we usually think. So, we've got a kingdom as a place, right? A place where a royal reigns. Okay? That's, that's kind of the image we get. And we're not far off from it really, in terms of biblical thought, okay? We, we usually think, okay, so there's a kingdom, so someone reigns over it, it's going to be like a king or a queen or a lord or something, right? But the biblical words, um, they use it a slightly different way, okay? They, they assume a kingdom, but it's not their main message. When they use the word kingdom, they mean, uh, the, like, it's a doing word. It's like you're kingdoming someone. We have a better word for that. We call it reign. You're reigning. You're ruling. And so really, we, we could translate this as the rule of God has come. God's rule, God's reign has come. Um, which is paralleling exactly. God still reigns. Jesus is saying the thing. God has come to reign. Okay? Um, and this is... <laughs> This is interesting. So, so because um, we often think, I think we, we often we often think because the first thing we read is Matthew, and we think, oh, and he says he, instead of using the word God, he uses the word heaven, right, um, f- for his audience. So we think kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of heaven, and we often think, oh, it's a place where we go when we die, and that's going to be great, you know. So we'll, we'll we'll trudge through this life, we'll try and get through it, and then and then we get to go in the kingdom of heaven, woo! Right? And that is not the biblical story at all. It's completely not. Okay? The biblical story is not of us going somewhere. It's someone coming here. That's the biblical story. Okay? And so Jesus is saying, you're God raised. So, and so understand, so, so, so basically he's saying God is coming down and he's invading our world. That's basically the, the end of the story, well, what his message is about. God's coming to invade our world. So we need to ask a couple of questions. Why is God invading our world? Um, and where did his reign go, as it were? If, if, if he's saying his, his reign has arrived, then surely it's been missing in some way. Okay, so... To, do, to, to respond to that, we need, or to answer that, we need to go to the back and, and find out what's going on. So, when was the first time God made a kingdom? First time. Genesis. Genesis is the first time God makes a kingdom. He's, he's actual creation. He, he, he takes this dark, chaotic mess and he turns it around and he makes it into this amazing, 
beautiful, wonderful place where everything thrives. He gives life to it, um, uh, and, it and it's just full of potential and growth. And 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 he and he sits down as king over it, right? You know, you know the uh, the, the words. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Uh, when he says, uh, "On the seventh day." Uh, he rested. Rested is a technical term. It's a technical word in the Hebrew that basically means he took up office and started reigning. Okay? That's what it means. He sat down. The same thing he said of David when he sets up as king. It says he rested on the throne. <laughs> so dude, he, stopped one, he stopped creating and he started ruling. So, so God makes his world and he sits down as king over it. And, and but. So, so that's, his ki- that's his kingdom, but what's his rule? How, how does God decide to rule this amazing place? How does he decide to rule it? If you were at the Thursday group, you'll know. Um, it was, um, he takes, he creates this creature, this weird creature, and he calls him Adam, which uh, for us means human. Okay, he makes these humans, and he tells them, and he says, you are my image, You are the image of God. You are my image to reflect my goodness and my rule into creation. Go and reflect my rule. So God is king, and he's got kind of these, like, vice, what do you call them? Like managers, right? That's, that's the best way to think about it these days. Company, right? So, like, you've got, like, the heads of the company, and then you've got the managers, right? The managers don't get to determine what really happens, but they get jurisdictional, juris- whatever you call it, like, control, <laughs> Right? Um, they, you know, they got level of control, but that, that, that's the way it is. God is king. He's got his 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 his, his sub rulers, and and they're looking after creation, and uh, and they're, they're to cultivate it and rule it in God's goodness. So mankind has always been a ruler of some kind. Obviously, you, we get like some of the um, some of the stuff like uh, oh, prosperity gospel, who kind of take that and ride with it a bit too far, and uh, and and other people who like try to say that we are gods, we're not. Okay, but we are rulers, and that is the way God has made us to be. Um, but so, so this is this is God's kingdom. So where did it go? So um, what happened is is, is is God gave mankind a choice on how to rule. Okay, which is represented by a tree. Okay, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now they could trust God's definition of what is good and what is wrong, and they can rule the way He has told them how to rule, or they could seize power for themselves, define what they think is good and evil, and, and, and make themselves king, right? Which God warns them will kill them if they do that, okay? But they distrust God. They think he hasn't got it out for us. I think we know better. They take this fruit. They, they, they basically set up a kingdom, right? They become kings of a new kingdom within God's own world, and so we have this weird story of one kingdom splitting, or, or, or rather containing another kingdom, which is in just conflict against it. Okay? And, and it's, a, it's a horrible kingdom. right? So, so the first thing that happens in this kingdom is, is the, the people who set it up distrust each other immediately. They don't trust each other anymore. Um, 
one person goes and kills his own brother, right? And, and, we, and, and, and you see this in, in the setups through Genesis of, of these kingdoms. So, so one kingdom sets up called Babylon, right? Tower of Babylon, that's Babylon. That's the first instance you hear of Babylon. And, 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 and it's this horrible culture that has exalted humanity and, and in, into a state where they're completely redefining what is good and evil, and, and they're pulling God right down into the dust and exalting themselves over him. Um, another kingdom you get is the kingdom of Egypt, who, who capture a, um, or enslave a nation for their own national security, for their own, and, and they see it as good. It is good to oppress these people so we can thrive. And so you've got, you've got them taking what is evil and saying, and defining it as good, and taking what is good and defining it as evil. And it, it's just the, this, this crazy mess. And Mark is in, is in his own kingdom at this point, uh, Rome, and they're also going around crushing whole other human kingdoms in order to bring their rule and their reign. And believe me, no one wanted it, right? So... Um, so, so, so this, is, this, is, this is the start of the, of the, of the, the reign or the kingdom of humanity, right? Uh, in the New Testament, uh, Paul has a word for that. He calls it the kingdom of darkness, okay? It's across the world. And what is God's response to this kingdom that has erected itself in his own good world? God's response, well, his first response was to flood the world, right? Man became so wicked, he was like, not having this. Uh, his second response to the people of Babylon was to scatter them, right? And then his third response, which is interesting, is, is the story of Egypt. And I find this fascinating, okay? So we, we know the story of Egypt. We've got God's people enslaved in Egypt. As I said before, they, their own national security is built on the oppression of the Israelite people. And, 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 and there's this guy in charge who's a, who, 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 who becomes a type, a type of human, Right, a, a very typical human, and um, and and God sends Moses to him, and and he says, Yahweh tells you, let my people go, and he says, no, get out. I don't know Yahweh. Okay, when he says I don't know Yahweh, he's not. Like, oh, I don't know Yahweh. Let's have a sit down and have a chat. You tell me about him. Go on. Let's, you know, he, he he's saying he's not over me. Right, I'm king. I'm God. Get out. Right, and so you have this. You have this fight of the two gods, as it were, uh, the god of creation and the god of Egypt, and they just battered it out. And, and it's really interesting because Pharaoh, um, he, his, his aim was to, to provide uh, a, a economical growth and, 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 and all of that for his people, but by the end of the story, he's throwing it away just to reject God. Right? God is devastating his land, constantly saying, let them go or this will happen. No, fine. Let them go or this will happen. No, fine. And by the end, he doesn't even have a kingdom. Everything's crushed. But he's still holding on. He's saying, I won't let them go. You're not my, you're not my king. And, and, and so what we have here are, are biblical types, like Babylon, Egypt, and Pharaoh become these types that you hear throughout the biblical story when they're referenced to other people and things. So Rome is called Babylon, for example. Or, or, at, or in Revelation, you hear about the plagues, which are just a, which are just a representation of what happened in, in Egypt and all of that. They, they become representations of a kingdom set up, set up against God and people who are set up against God. When we resist God, we're acting like Pharaoh, Right? This is, this is the story. Um, but God wants to deal with it, okay? So the story of the Bible is this conflict where God, 
where there's this kingdom in God's kingdom and he wants to invade it and destroy it. This kingdom wants to oppose him, but God wants to rescue humanity out from under it and restore them back to his own kingdom. Yeah? That's the story of the Bible and that's what we see. So when God finally decimates Pharaoh and his people, he finally says, fine, you know. And even then he chases after them. You know, when he finally lets them go, uh, God brings them out of Egypt, he rescues them, powerful, mighty, everyone's cheering, yeah. And he, and he brings them, and where does he take them? He takes them to... Huh? Building the Sinai, that's it, yeah. He takes them to Sinai, right? He takes them to this big mountain, and, and he's got terms of the covenant, right? And he says, guys, he's like, I've taken you out of humanity's rule, and now you're under my rule, okay? And the purpose of my rule is what I promised your, your, your great-great-great-granddad, Abraham, right? That I want you to be a blessing to the nations, okay? That word blessing, it comes from Genesis, where he first blessed everything, okay? And, and, it, and it basically involves his kingdom. So basically, he wants to set up his kingdom through Israel, Yeah? And, and, and he says, in order to do this, we're gonna, we, you, you, I'm giving you 613 laws, and we're going to do this thing. It's going to be great. And, and you're to be a contrast kingdom or a contrast community. That means you're going to live differently to everyone else. So you've got all these kingdoms with their kings and the way they do things, but, but you guys, you, there's not going to be a king among you, and you guys are going to be priests. That means you're, you're going you're, you're, you're to represent them, and you're, you're going to be this amazing place. And it was amazing. I mean, like, in terms of, you know, what the laws said, right? So, so people had rights, and people didn't have rights in the ancient world. But, but in, 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 in Israel, they did. It's like um, uh, the slaves weren't oppressed, and the, the, the women weren't oppressed. Um, foreigners had rights and could join the community. You didn't have that anywhere else. If you're looking at any law at the same time, you didn't have that. Now, the law wasn't God's ideal standard, right? It's God's compromise, because at the end, you find out God doesn't want slavery, and God doesn't want, you know, you know men up here and women down there, and he, and he doesn't want, um, you know, f- foreigners at all. Everyone is to be one, you know. But, but, the, but this, is, this is a starting ground. This is, this is the way we're going to start it. You're going to be this completely upside-down kingdom, and, 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 the, and the world is going to join in. And that sounds lovely, but what happened? They failed. I mean, they had their bright moments, sure. I mean, like, under uh, the leadership of Joshua, it was great. And under the leadership of King David, it was mostly great. Um, but ultimately, they failed, every single one of them. They, they didn't obey God's law, and they became their own human kingdom. They, like everyone else, rejected God's kingship, made themselves their own kings, and, 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 they, and they flunked it. And in, in the end... They became so rubbish. They were even worse than some of the other kingdoms that are around, and God just got rid of them. But before he gets rid of them, before he gets rid of them, he promises them something. He says, he says you failed, but I haven't. You failed, I haven't failed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send a king, a good king, like David, on his good days, right? And, and, and he, he's going to be filled with the spirit from the beginning, and he's going to put an end to all of this. He's going to do the job that you failed to do. He's going to do the job that you failed to do, and he's going to bring my kingdom on this earth again, and everything's going to be peachy. <laughs> right? So, hundreds of years go by. 
and we get to Jesus, and Jesus is lining up to get baptized. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. He was baptized in the Jordan by John. It's finally his turn. And as soon as he came up out of the water, something, something important happens. Mark wants us to get this so we understand what's going on. He saw, this is the first time you hear about Jesus in, in Mark's gospel, very first time. He saw the heavens being torn and the spirit, AA, spirit, what's that? Spirit, okay. He came down and rested on him like a dove. And then a voice accompanied that and said, you're my son, I take the light on you. So, okay, so first of all, we've got the spirit resting him. Okay, well, that's, that's a sign of the promised king, for starters. This king is, that's coming is supposed to have this spirit. Second, God's words, you're my son. I'm sorry, if, son of who? Son of who? Son of who? So, who, who? Who's Jesus the son of? And God is a, give him a title, King. So this guy is son of a king, which means he's heir to a throne. Oh, okay. That's nice. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so we've got some kingly words in a sense, and, and, and we've got this spirit descending on him. But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that as well. So you are my beloved son. It comes from a psalm, Psalm 2. Uh, psalm 2 uh, is, is the psalm after Psalm 1. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, he, and it starts, and, and, and basically God is, it, it says this in this part, he goes, um, he said, well it starts with, why do the nations rebel, why do the peoples plot in vain, why are they trying to break their chains and free themselves from the Lord and his anointed one, okay, so that, that paints the picture of the human kingdom very well, okay, these guys are resisting God, um, and yet what does he do, he says, I have consecrated my king, on Zion, that's Jerusalem, my holy mountain, I will declare the Lord's decree. He said, you are my son. It's reflecting the words here. You are my son. Okay, so he's taking that. And the great thing about Psalm 2 is it actually bleeds from Psalm 1, believe it or not. They, they arranged, from the Psalms, they arranged them the way they, they needed to arrange them. Um, and, 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 it, and, and it bleeds from... The, this king isn't just this, 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 this king with extreme power and can crush you and stuff. But it, it talks about this, from Psalm 1, it talks about this righteous person who who's, who's, who's listens to the word of God and is like a tree of life and like a stream of life to those who believe in him. And so oh, that's, that's a, that sounds like a pretty good king. Um, not just that. So we've got, this, we've got this Psalm 2 business going on. He's the king. This is the king. Okay, who's going to resist the nations and, and, and bring goodness. Okay? But also, it, it, it parallels something Isaiah. I take delight in you. It's a paraphrase from um, the scripture Isaiah uh, 42. And you might recognize this one. Because to be fair, I, I find when there's very little you remember from Isaiah. Right? It's a big, like, 66-page book. Oh, I know that one. I don't know that. I don't think I've heard that one. But, you know, uh, so this is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. My pleasure is in him. That's, that's the thing. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He won't break a bruised reed. He won't put out smoldering wick. Have we heard this before? Are we, are we familiar with this one? Some, some not. That's fine. Uh, but but it, it, it's, 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 right. it's a big scripture, but this is my servant. Who is the servant? Yeah, that's what I thought. 
okay? But this, and, and it is, and it is now, but, but if I backtrack, okay, um, Isaiah is split into two parts, this 1 to 39 and 40 onwards, and, and 40 onwards is where he starts speaking about rescuing his people. And, and, and he says, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, and he, and he says, like, Israel, but you're just so hard-hearted. And, and then he says this, he says, Israel, you are my servant. Oh, that's funny. Israel is the servant, okay? And, um, and, and he keeps saying it, Israel, my servant, my servant, Israel. And he gets to this, this is my servant, I strengthen him. This is a passage that was meant to be Israel's. This was Israel's mission to bring justice to the nations, to, to, to not break those who were bruised and, and not put out those who were smoldering, to bring justice. That, that was their mission. That's what God wanted to be, a contrast community to the world. And they failed it. And 40, so 42, so this, this servant is Israel. And it actually goes on in the same chapter and says, but who is blind like my servant? Who is deaf like him? That's not Jesus. <laughs> That's not Jesus. Okay, this is someone else. This is Israel. And then thankfully he goes on and he says, well, because you have failed, I've created a new person. Not created, but you know, I've brought up a new person. And um, he's going to be now called Israel. And he will take on your mission. Okay, so this is interesting. Jesus here, he's been called king and he's been given Israel's mission. He said, they failed, here's your mission. Please do it for them, because <laughs> they can't, right? Um, so that's what's happening here. And, and, and it's incredible, because then, then what happens? So, so Jesus, he gets up from his baptism, hearing all those words. Uh, we'll skip over the wilderness for now. We are getting to that, promise. And, and, and once he, go, he goes out and he's saying, Repent, kingdom of God. Kingdom is here. God's reign is come. And, and he's not just doing that, but he's going around and people are saying, wow, this guy has authority. You know, they're not like our leaders. You know, this, this guy is like a, kind of like a, dare we say it, a king? You know, he, this, this, and he's pronouncing forgiveness of sins. You can't do that unless you're a king or God. You can't do that, right? The Pharisees called him out on it. You can't pronounce forgiveness of things. Yes, I can. Okay, um, and, he's, and he's, 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 he's gathered 12 disciples, I mean, that, that represents the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, who God brought up. I mean, that's something a king do. And he tells them, and he tells everyone, he tells them, listen to my rule. Whoa. Okay? Listen to, listen to what I say. Follow me. Yeah? And, and he goes up on a mountain as well. Remember Mount Sinai? He goes up on the mountain, and he gives his law to the people. He's, and he creates a contrast community. Again, he's like, that's not the way we do things. That's not what power looks like. This is what power looks like. Power does not look like oppressing those people. It, it, power is serving those people. Okay? He creates this amazing contrast community. And, 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 and people's expectations are higher because, one, they're expecting this messianic guy. Messiah is, is another kingly term. And they're expecting this guy to rescue them from oppression, right? And who are they being oppressed by? Rome. They're being oppressed by Rome at this point. So, so, uh, and, and so, and lots of people, and even John the Baptist makes the same mistake. They, they all think he's going to save them from this political empire, this one, this one human kingdom. And, um, and Jesus, Jesus goes, well, no. I'm not. He actually kept hiding it. Remember, like, the demons kept saying, like, oh, he's the son of God, and he kept saying, shut up. 
<laughs> you know, he doesn't want the message to get out because people misunderstand him. And, and, and they think he's just coming here. But this is what the wilderness scene is all about. So everyone, and this is why, this is why he gets killed at the end of the day by, by, the, by the leaders and all that because their expectations are very different uh, to who this, this godly king is supposed to be. They're expecting someone to come with military might, destroy Rome, and raise Israel up as this other human kingdom. And they got it all wrong, right? That is not Jesus' Uh, that's not Jesus' mission. What is Jesus' mission? Well, immediately after he's told, immediately after he's told to, uh, you know, that he's, he's the son and he's the king and all of that, which I'm sure he already knows, but it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of his anointing, right? He's, he's anointed for the task, right? The spirit's coming down and he's anointed for the task. Um, it sends him to the wilderness, right? It sends him to the wilderness, which is where Israel messed up straight after being saved. And, and who do we meet there? He's not alone. He's not alone. All right? You meet someone else. And, and this someone else is essential to the storyline. And Mark wants you to get it because Jesus hasn't come to, 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 to just fight against humanity. There's something else that's been underneath the whole entire time. And it's this dark, mysterious figure, right? Uh, who we call many names, Satan, Beelzebub, devil, whatever. Um, And he's coming out, and Mark wants us to get this, he's coming out to confront this person, right? right? And this is important because in everything he does, you know, when he's talking to the Pharisees and telling them off and doing this and doing that, he, he, he's actually not against them. I mean, Ephesians, uh, um, that David's been preaching on, says our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the powers of this dark world. And there is a power behind this world, okay? Um, Adam and Eve didn't just take authority just randomly, okay? They were tempted into taking it, right, by this same mysterious figure. Right at the beginning, there's this creature who's in rebellion against God. We don't know why. He just is. That's all the story gives us, okay? And he comes along and he tells them, know that tree? Take it. Take it. Take rule and authority for yourselves because you know what? God's lying to you. You won't die. And he's holding out on you. You know, don't trust him. Don't trust him. I I already know. Don't trust him. You know? This creature sets up his kingdom through Adam and Eve. And and it's really interesting because this this, this creature isn't, he's not like God at all, obviously. He's a creature for one. God is God. But, But God is a king and a commander. But this thing whispers. He whispers in the ear of everyone who will listen. And he whispers to their heart. And he, and he whispers to, to their own pride and destruction. Okay? And, 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 that, this, is, and this is his kingdom, Babylon, Egypt. Uh, all the oppressive kingdoms we see out there. Things like, um, you know, uh, ISIS and, and all these other horrible things that we see. Even our own kingdom, you know, our own government, right? Um, this, this, this thing is whispering to them constantly and constantly whispering to the people of those kingdoms. Um, and Jesus calls him straight out, right? This is the whole wilderness thing. He goes there and he confronts, he, he, instead of confronting Rome, he confronts this thing, okay? And he calls him out and this creature has the gall to try to do to Jesus what he did to Adam and Eve and everyone else. He offers him power. He says, hey, don't listen, to, don't listen to your father. You take the crown, sir. You're the one. 
you know. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't do what Israel does. He says, no thanks, and walks off, right? That's it. And that's all really Mark really tells you. He's there, he's being tempted by the devil, and that's it, and he goes back, right? He, he walks off and says, no, but he's called him out. And, this is, and, and then what does he do next? What does Jesus do? He picks a fight. He goes into this thing's kingdom, which is currently in Rome and all of that, and, and then he starts casting out demons, he starts healing the sick, he starts telling the, uh, uh, people off who have warped the image of God, that is, they serve themselves rather than their creator. Um, and and, 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 and this, this thing is riled. He's like, well, how dare you, right? And so, and so what we get is this massive face-off, right, uh, between Jesus and, and the devil, Right? And at the end of it, the devil conspires, gets his leaders together, gets a traitor in there, and eventually Jesus is killed. And we think, what on earth? Right? This is, I mean, like, we, 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 we're so familiar with the story sometimes, we kind of think, maybe sometimes we don't think, well, actually, this is kind of weird. You know, that's not how the story should go, right? I mean, like, this king's supposed to come in and wipe it out and everyone's free, right? Um, but, but he gets killed. And then a prophecy is kind of remembered, Right? What happens right at the beginning of creation? Well, as soon as Adam leaves sin, he gives them a promise, and he says, one day, a son, you're going to have a son. A son's going to come from you, and he's going to crush this thing that's come into our world, at the same time being crushed by that thing. Okay? There's a mutual defeat there. The head of this serpent is crushed, and the serpent bites a poisonous bite into the thing that crushed it, and both die. Um, and that's, that's the promise. And so what happens? So Jesus is taken, and, it, and it's kind of a cruel joke, right? He's been going around announcing the kingdom of God as if he is the king of that kingdom, and the people say no. And they take him, and they murder him. Uh, and, and they do it in a horrible, ironic way. They, instead of announcing him as king truly, they give him a crown of thorns, and they give him a robe. And instead of being exalted onto a throne, he's exalted onto an instrument of destruction, the cross, with a signpost saying, King, that's his end, as it were, so we think. Right? That, and, and, but the thing is, God wanted it to happen that way. And God accepted the cruel joke because actually at that moment, Jesus really did become king of his kingdom. He was first anointed to be king, and now, finally, he is on his throne. And his throne is different to the throne of man. As I said before, this is an upside-down kingdom. He doesn't sit on a throne to rule over it with an iron fist. His first act is an act of self-sacrificial love for the very people who murdered him. Okay? God said, it, in, when you go to Isaiah and the messenger, straight after the thing of the messenger declaring the kingdom of God, this messenger is taken, he's beaten beyond recognition, and he's killed because they think this guy is rubbish. But then everyone realizes, actually, in, in, in the poem in Isaiah, actually, this guy died for us. And so we realize Jesus didn't just take Israel's mission to do the right work that he was supposed to do. They also took their failures into himself. And so Jesus defeated evil that day. Satan thought he defeated Jesus, but actually it was the other way around. Okay? Jesus defeated evil by taking its only weapon, which is death, and, and pulling all of man's evil into himself and dying for them. And God was pleased because humanity are now punished in Jesus. And so then what happens? God raises him to life. 
it's a new day, right? And the resurrection is this incredible hope. It's this statement that says, Jesus is king, told you so, right? He's come back from the grave, and, 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 and his open door of the tomb is an open door for us, okay? So now, Jesus can properly build his kingdom. He's got a door into it, where everyone has failed, he can now give life. Um, uh, Maxine, I love the worship, thank you so much. Uh, resurrected king is resurrecting me, us, yes, right? So, 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 so he died and was resurrected, so now we can die and raise to new life as well and join this kingdom and, and, and become, he was the, uh, Paul calls him the image of God, the true image of God, right? That, that's the image that we were meant to be, that we failed at being, that he victoriously was, and now he can create that back inside us. We can be restored to true humanity again, being the way that God wants his kingdom to, to be, right? This, this, is, this is it. And, 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 and he, he, he does all this and um, and he starts, what does he do? He creates a contrast community, right? Who's the contrast community? The church, right? He saved them from a dark, oppressive kingdom, right? So, so that's, that's what happens. That's our salvation story. We are brought out from a dark, oppressive world, which is anything to do with humanity, and we're saved from that, and we're brought out into God's kingdom, and we become a new kingdom, the original kingdom, who are waiting for the return of that kingdom, uh, this is the storyline of the whole entire Bible. And this is so brilliant, right? He sets up his kingdom through the cross. It's amazing. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And so, and, so, and, and so this is all important, okay? This is all important. So, so Mark, what we've read is the baptism, which is Jesus' anointing as king, not his enthronement, his anointing as king. Um, he then reveals his true mission through the wilderness to deal with the evil that lies behind everything. And he proclaims God's kingdom to us so we may be rescued out from the one we are slaves to. Um, and, and this is so important. It's so important to, 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 to see it that way because, one, the Bible tells you it that way from start to finish. And, and it's important because we get wrapped up in other things. We get wrapped up in other things and other teachings and stuff like that. And they're good. They are good. But, but they're not right. So, so when, for, for example, um, when you say Jesus is Lord, you're declaring him as king. That's a kingly statement. He is Lord. There's no one above him. Right? He's my king. You can't declare him as king if you're not living under his reign. That's so integral. And there are so many letters about this through the, through, the, through the New Testament because they're like, okay, what you need to understand, guys, is you've been brought out from one kingdom, this kingdom of darkness, and you've come into the, we'll call it kingdom of light, and, you know, um, and y y we live a different way now. We're supposed to be a contrast community with the, with the Holy Spirit who's anointing us to do particular work in the church. And this is the thing. I think there's a lot of Christians out there who think, I'm only interested in the forgiveness of my sins. Right? The main message of Jesus is forgiveness of sins and, and, and love people as best as you can. Well, that's a great message, but if you haven't got the context of the kingdom, you're not getting it. Right? You cannot think, you cannot go down, have a prayer, say, okay, Jesus has forgiven my sins, and then do whatever you want. That ain't it. Okay? There's a story of two kingdoms here. If you resubmit yourself to that kingdom, it's as good as saying, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm. French, I don't know, you know, you know, there's no point in saying, oh yeah, I was born and raised in France and everything, or I've now become, a, well, okay, no, no, let's change that, uh, there's no point in me saying I'm a citizen of France if I'm not a citizen of France, 
I can say it all I want. It ain't true. Right? You cannot declare that Jesus is Lord and that you are a part of his kingdom if you don't live under his reign. You can't do it. It, it's, it's not this. Anyone preaches that, it's not this. And they're wrong. Okay? They're wrong. Okay? It's, it's a kingdom. And, and the great thing is he empowers us to do it. Right? And that's the other thing. We, we, we get the way Jesus is baptized, he's anointed to do a task. And when we get baptized, we, we have that same thing. We are anointed by the Spirit to do something. We're not to sit around. Okay? Because what does God do? And, and this is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I realize I might be. I might be pushing on time. Don't know. Really sorry if I am. But, um, but um, uh, what does Paul call us? He, he, he says you're a new creation, right? You've been created new. You're now the new image of God that you're always meant to be, that, that Jesus has now installed in you. And, 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 and then what does he say? Does he say, okay, now sit down and just wait to go somewhere? No, he says, now we call you ambassadors. You're ambassadors for the kingdom. You, you have a rule and a reign still. And that rule and reign is, to, is different to the way those guys rule and reign. It's entirely different. We live, as Jesus says, you don't lord it over people. You live to serve. That's what my kingdom looks like. It's different to your world. This is my world. Okay? This is how my world works. Okay? Um, so important. So integral. And this story, as, I said, as I've said before, it runs through the whole of Scripture. And it wouldn't be anything without um, ending it the way it was meant to end, which is uh, in Revelation, right at the end, um, there's, there's this place, there's this kingdom, and it comes down and it completely overthrows this other kingdom, right? Uh, the age of sin and death is thrown out. And, and what you see is a throne. And on this throne is God and Jesus Jesus on the throne with God, co-ruling as equals, right? Hint, hint, Jesus is God. Um, and out from that throne is a river that brings life to the Dead Sea. And the sea is gone. Which the sea is this, this analogy of like disorder and chaos, but the sea is gone. So there's no disorder, there's no chaos. There's a tree of life in the middle. And everyone is there. And what is everyone doing in, 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 in the thing in Revelation? They're all ruling over the new creation bringing goodness, cultivating it, creating families, creating societies filled with goodness, stretching into the rest of eternity without end. That's God's kingdom. It's entirely different to ours. So many people, and it's an odd question, but it's a very common question, say, why is there so much suffering in this world? I'll tell you why. It's because there's another kingdom here. This ain't the way God's doing it. So where is he, people say? Where is he? If he's, if he's this king who's conquered and all that, where is he? Oh, he reigns. But not everyone has recognized that yet. They refuse it. There are still pharaohs in the world who reject it. Right? But it won't stay that way for very, very long. He's bringing his rule back. Okay? And so our message is join us. That's what the word repent really means. It's just turn around, take stock, join us, assess the situation here, okay? So that, this, 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 thing, this thing here, out there, it ain't lasting very long at all. And, uh, and there's hope, you know? There's hope in every generation. This isn't something like, oh, we'll sort it out, you know, it'll come like after we die. Every generation has had this hope that Jesus will bring it back in their time. And we're to keep that hope. Because you know what? Um, 
there's a lot of hope for it. The Jews, Jews um, in Israel, they're starting to know the Messiah again. That's startling news because the Bible warns us or, or predicts that the Jews will come back before the end. Right? We have hope in our own time that Jesus is going to come and set everything straight. So I'm going to do the same thing that Jesus did to you guys today. Okay? The kingdom of God is near. It's very near. Okay? So guys, repent. Right? Repent. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Get in with us. Join us. Join us. It's happening. Okay? Bless you. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for, um, for your message. Uh, thank you for helping me bring it uh, uh, as best as I can. Um, I just pray, Lord Jesus, uh, that, you know, however I've personally said it or whatever, I, I still pray that we, we all just get the message uh, at the core of it and disregard me, of course, because cause what's important is, is your kingdom, okay? And, and it's important that we see this Right? We, we can't afford to, 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 to mess around and do what we want. We are subject to you. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are our king. You are our king. And the great thing is that while you're reigning and we get to live in your kingdom here now together as, as this contrast community, the church, right? you've given that to us. We, we have a people. right? While we're waiting, we're, we're, we're in exile here. We're, we're waiting for your return to our kingdom to set things straight. But while we're waiting, we have each other. And I think that's amazing. You're already setting up your kingdom and, and we're to go out and do exactly the same. And so, Lord Jesus, I, I pray that you anoint us, all of us, okay? Uh, the spirit isn't just reserved for those in power. The spirit isn't just reserved for, for those of us who preach or those of us who play the worship. Your spirit is for everyone. You anoint us all. We are all equals here. We are all equals before your cross, which is your throne, Lord Jesus. This is the way you've brought your kingdom in. You have forgiven us. Jesus, you have forgiven us for rebelling against you. You've forgiven us. And you've given us new life. And, 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 and you continue to offer that forgiveness in the hopes of us building your kingdom and, and continuing in it. You know, and it's, it's, it's good. right? It's good. Everything that you say is good. And, and sometimes we feel, oh, maybe that isn't so good and that's not working out for me. But you know what? That, that's wrong. That's, that's us taking back control again and saying, well, no, this is the way I would do it. You know, Lord, Lord Jesus, I pray all of, for all of us that uh, you, anoint, you anoint all of us to live as the rulers that you want, to bring your light into this dark, oppressive world and to invite as many people as we can to join us. To join us. Because when you come back, you're not going to allow any darkness. And anyone who still rebels and holds on to that, they're, they're out of the picture. And I don't want that. And you don't want that. So I just pray, anoint us as the church. Help us all to find something to do with our hands, with our words, with everything. Help us to, 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 to be a contrast community to, 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 to our neighborhood here in Harlow. Help, help the people here be contrast, uh, a contrast kingdom to their, to their places at work and in their, in their schools and in their homes and in their streets. We pray that we, we show your kingdom. This isn't about taking information. It's nice to know this about your kingdom, but if, if, if all that happens is everyone goes away saying, well, that was a nice sermon about your kingdom, 
kingdom. That, it's, it's a failure. I pray everyone goes away, Lord Jesus, today in your strength, ready to do your work with your power. We're not on our own. And also with the encouragement of each other. I pray more and more that our church gets bound together, to, together in the unity of peace more and more, that more and more we will, we will talk more with each other. It won't just be, oh, it's nice to see you on a Sunday, um, that we will try to meet up during the week, not even just for study, just to be around each other and, and, and to encourage each other. I just want to see that more and more for us to be that community that you want to be, and not just in our church, Lord, but the other churches in Harlow, the other churches in Britain, the other churches in the world who we are all united with. Let us make a stand against this world, Lord Jesus, and I pray that so many people or that or the kingdom of our enemy will lose so many people to us i pray that you let your kingdom grow and i pray lord jesus as you've told us to pray let your kingdom come in jesus name we pray we're waiting for you amen amen, amen. thanks guys i hand it over to paul Yeah, I'm here. I don't know what to do at this point because this ain't my job, so I'm going to hand over to Colin, who's going to do whatever he does at this point. I think it's like um, communion. Awesome. Bless you guys. Yes, sorry, I'm, I'm at the back at a minute, so I can't both run to the front. Oh, sorry, Colin. Yeah. Uh, so those volunteers that we had for communion, if you could start to take that to the front. We thank you, Lord, that you're guiding us in this direction. We thank you that when we take the communion, that we are reminded of what you've done for us to introduce us into this kingdom, to guide us and to take us forward wherever we are now. So Father, as we take this bread and wine, we pray that we remember all the good things that you're doing for us, all the good things that you continue to do for us, and all the things that you lead us into by your grace and mercy. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So the, so the bread in the cup, if you can, there's two stations. If you go and take your bread and the, the wine and take it back to your seat. But be focused that this is all about kingdom living. We are set apart for a reason, for a purpose. And we can fulfill that purpose. It is a bigger purpose than we are. All the things that we're called into are much bigger than we are, but we have a bigger God who can do all things. So just have that in the forefront of your mind when you're taking communion. Somebody worship the Lord in this place. Open your mouth and worship. Father, we worship you. Oh God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done.
say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Shining like the sun. 